welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lacing. And, and this, this is, is Life, life Pairings. <laughs> because life is hard. But pair it with alcohol. Lights are tangled, pine needles everywhere, and the tree is leaning dangerously left. But it's also pretty, as today's life pairing is Christmas decorating with hot cocoa peppermint schnapps. We're discussing Santa Claus domestic disputes and a little bit of sunshine. Ooh. <laughs> he needs a little bit of sunshine right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what does uh, what does Christmas decorating mean to you? I like it so much. I um, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, growing up, my parents always uh, my mom went like balls to the walls on um, uh, decorating. Like everything was just like it looks like Christmas threw up in their house right now, and it gives <laughs> me such joy. There's you know it's everything, and like the amount my dad. He's like, well, better get the Christmas bins out. And it's like a week-long process of my parents. Like, <laughs> It's like the tree is just one aspect. And that's like a whole right. night doing that. But like yeah. there are carpets. There are Mrs. and Mrs. Clauses. Mr. and Mrs. Clauses everywhere. There are, you know, like it's just like they have, you know, all those like things they sell at Costco where you like push it and like the three things sing together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have like 20 of those. It's just like over the years they've collected so much stuff. And um, yeah, it just, I mean, and it's like, they're, they're actually pretty tasteful. Like my parents decorate very tastefully. Right. And uh, so it doesn't just, it doesn't, it's not really overwhelming. It's like you walked into a Christmas store. Right. So it's like, it's pretty classy. And so everything's decorated. So um, I've tried to decorate over the years at my house. Uh, It'll never, it's not quite like theirs, that's for sure. But I mean, I like to, we have, right now I have lights all around the railings and I have uh, garland wrapped around all the railings, like over top of the lights. So it like lights up the garland. And then um, we don't have a tree because my parents have pretty much all my ornaments because lots of all my friends kids make me ornaments so I usually like take them over there and put them up there because I don't know it's nicer and yeah yeah so uh I just I I like to decorate for Christmas it's fun it's just like it brightens your spirits yeah how about you are you um I'm so I also a huge fan of Christmas again grew up in a family we usually have two trees you have the nice tree and then you have the one that's got you know the (laughs) Obi Kenobi uh star wars ornament on and the crappy thing you made when you're four uh <laughs> that's that tree um but we haven't done we haven't graduated to two trees yet in our house we just stick to just the one yeah um just, just the and the mini one but that doesn't really count this is decoration right um and i love doing little crafts like i think last year i made my own <laughs> it's not hard to do but i made my own runner on the nice. for the table yeah, yeah. very this <laughs> is very haphazard but uh this year we're not decorating that's right because we're, we're moving, moving like right after christmas so it's very strange it feels very weird it's a little sad but that's okay um but our big <laughs> our big sort of k- kitsch thing yeah is to collect all the stuffed animals that we can find that sing i love that and then we put them all on the table 
And then, then we play them all at the same time. And it sounds like hell. And it scares the time out of our cats. And a lot of them also, like, the, we've had them for 10 years. And so the battery is going, but, like, we can't figure out how to change the battery. So they sound demonic? Yeah. So it's real fun. <laughs> we had my parents, um, my nephew, uh, actually, was uh, him and my sister-in-law were flying uh, back home. They're from Germany. So, uh for Christmas for for a six week period. Don't judge people are being safe. So just everyone mind their own sneeze wax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they were um they were over and and uh, uh my nephew had every Christmas toy going at the same time, oh. and he's he's just he's gonna turn two here in a couple of weeks, and yeah. he's literally just like his brain was on Christmas overload. <laughs> like he was so excited and he kept going and he got to open up a few toys cause he wouldn't be here for Christmas. Right. And so he had a bunch of trucks that made noise too. Aww. And he was going like, he was looking, he was going Santa, Santa, beep, 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 beep. And he was like, pushing it, like, but it looked like somebody having like a just total overload. It looked like his head yeah. was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> And it was it's a lot to take in as a child dude and it was like it literally he was on christmas crack it was so funny <laughs> to watch because he was so excited like he was like yeah it was like oh my god i'm I, i'm gonna miss him this year at christmas but it yeah. was like it was nice to watch him in that little moment to be like oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> Oh, too cute. And he's a Christmas baby. He was born on December 14th, so he kind of, oh, it's his birthday and Christmas yeah. and a bunch of stuff, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, Christmas, big deal for you guys. Like, I mean, it's just mm -hmm. way too mm -hmm. much fun. It is. That's the whole thing. I actually kind of like the whole going up to Christmas and Christmas decorating as part of that. And yeah. then, you know, Christmas is fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. It's lovely. Yeah, um, but all the lead up to it is what's, it's the what's before really... stuff honestly yeah it's like everybody i mean this year again is an exception but sometimes it mm -hmm. just feels good to speak like it's normal like yeah. typically normally <laughs> if you hey like if you're listening to this in 2025 and you're like what the <laughs> hell are they talking about <laughs> like you don't you're the remember. only survivor left of yeah whatever happened to us <laughs> and they're like i wish they'd stop going back to this covid thing but like <laughs> We'll do a Christmas, you know what? We'll do a normal Christmas episode next year. But yeah, um, yeah like normally it, it's such, like, it's just an excuse to be together like 20 times mm -hmm. in one month. I know. Like, you, and, and like a lot of the times everybody's so busy that it, that is like when you get to see everybody. We used to do Christmas curry all the time um, because, you know, it's just going for curry, but at Christmas time. Um, <laughs> but that's when you see like all your friends you haven't seen for like a lot of the year. So, we used to have a we used to call it a white trash Christmas party, and oh. um, uh, which is funny because my Japanese friend invented it. Uh, oh. <laughs> so we we just started calling it a white trash Christmas. Um, yeah, and that's actually uh, shout out to Jody who's a patron. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, that's who invented Jody. it. <laughs> her, and, uh, her and uh, our other friend Aaron. We used to have white trash Christmas every year, and it, everyone would be like, we would get like forties, like like beer forties, and we yeah. would like get cut off plaid shirts i don't even know how it came about i'm certain she invented it yeah. so and we would go over and we'd cut the sleeves off our plaid shirts and like nice. wear like high-rise jeans and boots and like backwards <laughs> uh trucker caps yeah. and we'd call it a white trash christmas and drink like colt 45s and wow. it was so funny i don't know yeah. why or how it came about <laughs> Like, Aww. 
it was and then we did it we did it for such a long time and then you know everybody's moved away and some people have kids and everything like that we we still call it a white trash christmas but now it's like you guys want me to put out nice food right this year we're not (laughs) like we were doing like cream cheese like roll-ups we do like white trash appetizers and stuff you know like just no, oh, it was so fun. I just, you know, what's funny. I forgot about that until right now. Aww. Like I didn't well, you forget do it. A Zoom one this year. Oh, that. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I shall suggest this. Um, All right. So I've had like, and then also I had um, over the years, it's kind of changed like the decorating because mm-hmm. uh, my cousin calls me a slumlord because I always have different people living in my house. <laughs> yeah. Because I do like to have like whatever comedian like needs a place to live. I'm like, you can live with me. <laughs> but we have like every year we have like everyone pitches in, in a different way. And one mm. year I woke up and my friend Harry had decorated the whole house. But like, like the movie Elf, like he made everything by hand. Oh, wow. That would be a very good thing because you get you get like all the different you get different people's traditions and different. People's. Totally. Well, that's fun. And my friend Katie lived here last year and she had like, she wanted to bring her own Christmas tree and she had two full like Tupperware containers of just ornaments. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it looked, I told her, I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of ornaments. Like, and I was thinking it wasn't going to be, I think it was going to be overwhelming and it looked beautiful. So it's like, yeah, it's like everybody's traditions are a little different, but I think the more the merrier and the more decorations, the better. That's great. That's good. Psychologically, I'm going to guess it's good very good okay. very good yeah if you like it if it's something that you... <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so this is the thing that um there's actually kind of two major elements to the psychology of decorating and all one of them is just the actual experience of doing it like right. for your own your own purpose and they say i actually read an article um it was on the huffington post but i actually there was like people did an article on it and there was like three or four different um versions of this but this is the huffington post uh this is from there and um they they're talking it's just talking about the benefits of decorating early for the holidays oh so there's a little bit of controversy over when you should start decorating for christmas the first so weekend of december of of December is what people say. Yeah. Some people say it, it it's as long as it's after Remembrance Day in Canada, right. then go wild. Yeah. Other people's in the United States they talk about how don't start decorating for Christmas till after Thanksgiving. So the that makes sense. Yeah, there are Thanksgiving at the end of the ones, month of November anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, um, you know, most people are traditionally the first week of December seems to be an acceptable time to start decorating. But this yeah. article um, leans to the idea that it's the earlier, the better. Like, it's fun. Like we were just talking about, yeah. like living in the before Christmas is actually the funnest. Yeah. Because Christmas Day is the day it all ends. Like, you know, like you, maybe yeah. you start taking down your decorations maybe after New Year's. That's when we do. Right, yeah. But, like, before that, it's, like, it's the leading up. It's exciting to put them up. It's And then, you know, like, it all it really is is, like, twinkly lights and bright, shiny things. And mm-hmm. and it's almost like living in a little fairy tale, tale world until Christmas. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's good. And it's, like, it mm-hmm. gives you, um, in terms of just, like, well, just in terms of, like, the psychology of your brain, like, it, you're, it's leading up to something good. Right. So see, just doing the decorations is exciting. Seeing the decorations is exciting. Um, 
doing something uh, that's traditionally like that's a tradition Mm -hmm. that makes you feel connected to your family and connected to your youth. So it's something that you're used to. And uh, like we've talked about a lot before, traditions are really like comforting to do, you know? Yeah. That's why like eating chicken soup makes you feel good. It's because your mom made chicken soup for you. Yeah. So like putting up a tree, like your parents put up a tree, it makes you feel good. Yeah. So it's all, it all, it kind of goes back to the holiday traditions and 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 for like this year i mean this article was written this year and they talk a little bit it kind of invokes comforting moments from happier times so Mm -hmm. like specifically this year uh decorating is gonna remind you of last year right and people are doing it earlier this year and that's totally fine totally like i was literally like I think I plugged in the Christmas lights after Remembrance Day. (laughs) It was November 12th and I was like, on they go. Um, Yeah. And like in the same and in the same breath, it's a it's a distraction Mm -hmm. from the heaviness of what's happening. So it's it's all of those things. And then another thing is, too, is it makes you feel a little bit more in control. Right. Like you can like right now being able to control anything feels good. Yeah. Being able to like, oh, that's not where the lights go. The lights go over here. <laughs> like this is yeah. making you happy, you know? But also um, December is probably one of the most stressful times because like not only are you doing all these traditions, you have parties, you have meetups, you're supposed to be cooking, you're supposed to be baking, there's, yeah. you know, presents, there's family stress, all that kind of it is very overwhelming. So I can understand how like you're like, Yes, okay. This is how we do the tree. We do the tree every time like this. This is how we do the tree. <laughs> yeah. This is well, like my parents, you know, they put up we put up the tree together. It's a big thing. And then we decorate it all together. And my mom goes, Great job, everyone. And then she waits for us to leave and go home. And then her and, and my father redecorate it yeah, the way yeah. it's supposed to look. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, look at these little morons. They're 34 years old and still don't know where to put stuff. And it's well, like that's maybe they let you decorate. Who cares? Yeah, oh, isn't it? <laughs> And my mom goes, no, not, not, you're not putting enough of these ones on. Um, <laughs> this whole side of the tree looks blue. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> it's actually really fun. We honestly, all we do is like, we have a little bit of a dance party. We crank the Christmas tunes, have a few cocktails. My mom makes amazing supper. Yeah. And we just kind of all uh, hunker down together and, uh, which was always just a tradition just with us anyways. But like you said, with it being stressful, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's not always super right for it. Not everything's right for everybody, even though this is like happy for most people to do. If mm-hmm. it triggers stressful mem- memories, it's right. not great for you. Like if it's just like something that reminds you of something that wasn't good in your life, or maybe you had a hard upbringing or, you know, maybe somebody yeah. passed away at Christmas or yeah. something like that. It's not actually great, you know, for those people. So, you know, it's just sort of a caveat at the end of the article that just, that's it being said, decorating isn't right for everyone. And it goes into those sorts of things right. but um all in all the actual the actual physicality of decorating is is stimulating for your brain and all the things that go with it are typically pretty good for you sure. now the other thing is not just um your own personal psychology but social look at, at decorating which mm-hmm. is the opinion you have of people's houses who are decorated right which I I was watching. It was a it is a uh, YouTube channel, uh-huh. <laughs> which was talking about Christmas decorating. Will I be able to find it while I'm talking about this? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So the psychology 
sorry, I, the YouTube thing that I was watching was mm. uh, Andy Luttrell, who I th- is a podcaster and a uh, talks a lot about it. He has a psychology podcast. <laughs> and he was talking about the opinion that other people have of you uh if you decorate your house it's called a right. uh, behavioral residue which <clears throat> means that people just make assumptions and judgments based on what the outside of your house yeah so like definitely. you do it in you do it in every season like is that guy's yard mode is that guy's yeah. house the exterior of the house clean i bet you they're like a clean cut fan you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you make these assumptions about people so that's what behavioral residue is, is like taking yeah. something like that, just literally a picture of something or yeah. uh, looking at it from the outside, knowing nothing about the person or the family inside and and sit, having a pretty good idea of what that kind of person is. So they were saying that actually sometimes judging a book by its cover, yeah. you're often right. So. Yeah. One of these, one of the, a part of the study, they did this study specifically on Christmas decorating, but right. a part of a, a similar study was they gave picture, people pictures of um, like their bedrooms. Yeah. And they said, can you tell us what kind of person you think this person is? Right. And more often than not, they could usually pick out a lot of their, you know, their characteristics about that person. Interesting. So you would go like, oh, this person likes a calm environment. This person is this, you know, because like right. the bedroom is so specific to like yeah. how that that person would want to act. So with Christmas decorations, the one thing they decide people immediately decided was this family is friendly and likes to be part of their community. Aww. So um, does that mean they have what- to blow up all the blow up ones? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, get I mean, so they just excited with all those ones. <laughs> all the blow up. Yeah. Oh, I got a there's a few real treats here in Calgary right now where people's entire lawns are blow ups and trains and it's insane. Yeah. We have one near here and it's really kind of tucked away. So like it's kind of like a surprise because you kind of come around a corner and there's just like probably eight things going on and it's so exciting. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. <laughs> well, it's like it's also just like so chaotic. My mm. actually my dad and my uncle who lives across the street. Yeah have had a war for years oh really <laughs> yeah they they compete against each other they actually had the president of the community come by and judge it for years oh my god so the president of uh deer run in calgary would come by <laughs> uh and he would uh he would and then he would award them a plaque oh so so it was crazy so for the year 2000 yeah my dad installed a secondary generator on their front lawn (laughs) that's just (laughs) that's just he built an archway yeah of lights he built a like i'm gonna say i don't know 15 foot sign that blinked 2000 and installed it on their roof (laughs) That's my dad's amazing. also somebody who he's he was uh he built hotels for uh his whole life so he's like he can like if he wanted to build a five-story christmas hotel on their front lawn he could have <laughs> if my right. mom wasn't there to be like enough <laughs> like and he kind of wouldn't tell her and yeah. one day i guess he had like an electrician come over and she was like who's that and he's like oh, he's just helping with me with some of the electrical stuff She's like, why is there a box on our lawn? He was like, oh, that's a secondary generator that I'm having installed for the blinking light on the roof. <laughs> so 
uh needless to say he won that year right um and uh it has continued since it has in as they age it's gotten a little more tasteful and a little less chaotic right so and i think honestly my dad's just like not gonna climb on the roof and put a blinking sign anymore yeah um out of respect for the community and his neighbors (laughs) 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 that's and that that's what exactly what people thought of it like in this study they were just like okay that person is has community spirit they want to be involved in their neighborhood they want to be and they were often right yeah yeah uh, i think it is a very much community thing because you're putting on kind of entertainment for your neighbors yeah you're kind of being like hey and honestly like as soon as christmas lights started going on this year Mm -hmm. It, it it excited me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always like, get I really like, excited when they have Christmas when Christmas lights are out. I I I don't have them out this year. Um, but I also don't have a yard for putting up blow up animals. Uh, I can't imagine the condo board would be overly excited if you guys oh, put on the condo property the blow ups. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's always been a dream of mine. Every time I go into Home Depot, I'm like, I want the penguin in the like. Big blue snow globe thing, and I want. And my husband's like, "Keep walking. We're here for lights." Like, no, <laughs> let me in. <laughs> Just a, a thing because I think we didn't have them that, as children as much. So, no, the blowups are new. Yeah, that so. wasn't a thing in the nineties. That no. was literally like that didn't become a thing until like I swear two thousand five. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then all of a sudden late. there was, like, all these, like, blow-up Santas. And they were, like, I think everybody went mental for, like, 10 oh, yeah. years. And now they've kind of dialed it down with the blowies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I assume they're not uh, cheap to run. And also, during the day, it just looks like a cor- like a graveyard of plastic. Yeah, like, if they, when they all fall down, <laughs> you're like, ugh, this is sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my dad had, like, a 10-foot Santa. Oh, nice. It was huge. And then they also had, like, a... there. Oh, my God, there were so many things. They had reindeers that were, like, looked like they were trotting across the lawn. Oh. It got, it got loud, Carla. It got a little loud. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, speaking of decorations, mm-hmm. uh, have you ever heard of the Yule Goat before? The Yule Goat. No, yes. no, ma'am. All right. Now, I did not look up a lot of this pronunciation, guys. I'm so sorry. So, uh, <laughs> this is a tradition in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. Okay. So, now, here's a cute thing to do. Have you ever hidden an ornament under your neighbor's tree? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that but I kind of a little creepy. Um, Have you ever snuck into your friend's house and hid a little surprise for them underneath their tree? Yeah. Uh, So this is an older Scandinavian prank that they used to get this little Yule goat, which I'll kind of explain what it is later. They would put it in their neighbor's yard without them seeing them do it. And then when the receiver found Mr. Yule goat, he would then have to get rid of it the same way in someone else's yard. Yo, but I love that. (laughs) I think it's very cute. It um, is super cool. It's and sometimes they would hide them under the neighbor's tree, like inside. That that's probably not as good. I don't think you should be going to someone's house and breaking in and <laughs> putting weird. I think I think this is maybe of older times where yes. ev- everybody that lived there was perhaps friends and yes, and they didn't. It was lost. like socially acceptable to be in each other's houses. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so the the uh, the Yule goat or 
I think it's pronounced Yulbakin. Yulbakin? 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 I don't know. Uh, I'm just making. Like, all I did was make a Norwegian accent yeah, instead that's fine, of the same word. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this was originally part of the Germanic winter solstice holiday, which okay before the old Christians got in there, this was mm. for symbolizing the good harvests. So the old Norse god Thor, also of mm-hmm. Marvel fame, <laughs> Marvel uh, lore, yeah, lore, used to pull have a cart. That would be pulled by goats that would fly through the sky. Oh, cool. Yeah, I feel like that got missed in the Marvel stuff. I don't know. Do you have a cart? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pulled by have... flying Four. goats? Do you have a cart? Uh, and this was Tangrenust and Tangrensmir. Uh They could actually be killed and devoured, but then come back to life the next day. What? <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> that was the thing that had to be happening. But anyways, that's those were his goats, and they pulled his little cart. Um, a lot of the times, the last sheaf sheaf of grain of a harvest. So, like you know, you're making your little harvest packages. Yes. When you're packaging the harvest, clearly, okay. spend a lot of time in the agricultural world. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> would save that last. Let's call it. They're just know. picturing people packaging the harvest. <laughs> um, when you, would, you know, you gather your, your last grain package uh, mm-hmm. of the harvest, that would supposedly be imbued with magic. And you would Ooh. save it for Yule celebrations. And then for some reason they would call this the Yule goat or Yule Bakken. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why they thought it looked like a goat. I don't know. I assume oh, it's so the actual a... Yule goat was not a goat. It was like just like some hay. Yeah, but okay. I think it kind of got tied into the Norse gods' goats, and then also the this is pro-Slavic um, Yule festival uh, honors the god of fertile sun and harvest, and their god Devak or Dasbog was represented by a white goat. So it's kind of of the association of like all this stuff kind of coming together and then for whatever reason was symbolized by a goat. Now, the problem. So (laughs) we all know. It's always a problem. But we may not know that uh, Jesus, probably not not born in December, if he was born, if he's a real person. Um, (laughs) Most likely born in March, but go ahead. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, When, so, but they... Everybody was having all these, you know, there's the Yule Festival, there's Winter Solstice. So the Christians were like, hey, we have Christmas too. <laughs> hey, we're so you guys, we're, we're Christmas too. Do you know about our guy? Do you know about our Yule goat? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, Jesus? They're like, yeah, yeah, Yule goat Jesus. Yeah. The old guy. But then they made, they associated the goat with the devil. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And apparently, totally although I only saw the one thing, but... St. Nicholas, who is, like, a saint, it was a guy, um, apparently he would pull an effigy of a goat behind him on a rope. So. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, then, this Yule goat thing is not as much, you know, associated then with this, with Christmas, because goats are the devil or whatever ridiculousness is happening. in actuality, (laughs) they were, like, a sign of, like, hard work and finishing your yeah. 
your harvest yeah. and being grateful and everything. Leave it to the Christians to be like, mm, those guys are going to hell, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the rule. Anything that's fun, we got we to make <laughs> Go that to hell. Fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> so then this kind of started to evolve quite a bit through history. So there's something called Yule Bucking, which also means Yule Goating, which is going door to door, dressed like goats, singing carols for snacks and alcohol. So this basically sounds like Christmas trick-or-treating, but Dude, maybe for adults? I love this idea. I know. Um, like, I feel like we should fire it up. Again. I think so. I think like COVID we're going to, our next mer- <laughs> our next merch is going to be uh, goat heads. Yes. <laughs> and the, the kind of Yule goat was also a character of rowdiness or a bit of a scary creature and he would demand gifts. And so <laughs> when you would go Yule goading, you would sing and you would put on plays and so it was often a character in one of your little plays of weird. So he he was almost like he's kind of a mischievous like in yes. in all the lure. He's sort of like a mischievous little like but sort of fun causing Yeah. Thing. And like I it, they also sort of said it was a one of the things was to make sure that, you know, the Yule preparations were done right. You know, he was kind of keeping an eye out for, I'm assuming you're, that you did the proper decorating. <laughs> oh my God. My parents yeah. are Yule goats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then in the 19th century, the Yule gate became the giver of gifts. So not, not, no longer was he asking for gifts. So then, you know, like a, many people dress up as Santa and they give up presents they would actually have one of the men in the family dress up as a goat (laughs) and then this is later uh replaced by santa claus because santa claus didn't really come in till i think it was the early 20th like 20th century when coca-cola really kind of i don't know no saint nicholas was always associated and santa claus were always like that goes back to like the 16th century in germany oh yeah sorry but the sort of what our connotation like, of santa claus is this kind of like guy that was a big merry guy running around going from house to house yeah in, like that visualization is, is a more yeah in germany he was like uh i mean he dressed in a red suit and mm-hmm. and, and like all that lore does come from a real guy who was a saint who dressed up and delivered gifts to the poor yeah and apparently carried a goat on a strand behind <laughs> <laughs> Well, potentially. So was that, but that is more in Scandinavia. Is that what you're saying? That well, that um, Saint Nicholas is the same. They, like I think a lot of the this is sort of Germany, um, Sweden, you know, all that kind of area up there. Yeah. That's um, very, that um, like a lot of mixing. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I was reading was earlier. Of... Th- oh, sorry, I was reading earlier that uh, yeah, Saint Nicholas was. So Saint Nick is different than Santa Claus. Right. So okay. in Germany, St. Nick comes on December 6th. And oh. I know this only because, like I said, my uh, nephew and sister-in-law are currently in Germany. Yeah. And they sent a, a picture of uh, my uh, brother-in-law dressed in uh, what we all thought was Santa Claus. My mom says, oh, that's Santa Claus. But sister-in-law said, no, that's St. Nick. And he comes on December 6th and he's different. Does he give gifts? Or does he yeah, he gives out? he gives gifts, and it's almost to like signify the beginning of the season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he wears a red, ro- similar to uh, uh, the Santa Claus outfit. Right. It's a red robe, it, but it's a robe. Right. It's not okay. like pants and a suit oh, yeah. and a hat. Yeah. And 
So I'll have to I'll have to send the picture. I'll have to get an yeah. okay from her. Maybe I can put I can put up who Saint Nick is instead of yeah. uh, instead of who uh, Santa Claus is because that's yeah that was the original German thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think they had that sort of Saint Nicholas as well up in this area, and then this Yule goat kind of moving around at the same time as it. Um, right. And so typically it was made of straw or rough wood. Um, so it was like made into a goat, uh, and you nowadays, for the most part, uh, it is an ornament now. So you make, you know, from straw, and you put a little red ribbon on it, and you can place it under the tree of a friend or neighbor, who then must do the same to the other another one. So I think it's kind of cute. Like you go by and you drop off presents, and then you sneak in and hide a little Yule goat under the tree. I love that though. Yeah. And the it's other like, thing, you were talking yeah. about the 10 foot Santa. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Yavle, Yavle, Sweden. That's sure. All right. Um, <laughs> they have a four ton straw goat in their town square. Four ton? Yeah. Oh my now, God. Now, here's the thing that we're not allowed to have anything because humans just wreck everything. They keep lighting it on fire. Well, you know what, Ned? <laughs> like, like, I can't think of too many other things that would light on fire the same way a yeah. t- four-ton straw goat would. So <laughs> like, they keep having really to, like, place. every year they're, they're you know, fireproofing this thing. Because Vandal, like, I think one time it didn't even last till, like, the 12th of December or something before somebody lit it on fire. So, Oh, my God. I'm looking at this thing right now. It mm. is huge. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what the shitty thing is? Mm. I would love to light this thing. I know. I, I when they said like, oh, it goes on fire. I'm like, of course it goes on fire. You should light it on fire. Yeah, you're maybe like, look at can... that thing. That thing would burn like a son of a bitch. Yeah, maybe in like 50 years that will be the tradition <laughs> on Christmas. You know what? Burn down the the yule. That actually might <laughs> it might turn into a positive thing instead of like a yes. instead of like an act of whatever. It might turn. It might be like in like all these traditions seem to transform over time yeah it might have come from maybe a hasty place of like people trying to play a prank but then like now maybe at the end of their season they're like fuck yeah we're lighting the goat on fire (laughs) i think we should make our own yule goat and then christmas eve we say yule goating yule goat and just light the thing on fire I think so too. <laughs> put it in like a safe area. Yeah, like maybe just a little one and then just yeah. put it outside in and your then fire maybe pit. The next year is a little bit bigger. And then, I know. like the idea of dressing up as goats and going door to door singing tunes. Can you imagine how chaotic that would be? Oh, that would be very scary. No, I don't even mean scary. I just, well, now that I think about it, yeah, you're correct. It probably would be a little scary. <laughs> I was thinking more like, just like pure chaos of just like people having way too much fun dressed up as goats and like going door to door. Yeah. Well, and you're supposed to get alcohol. So this is pretty good. I like this idea. Oh my God. You just go to each house and they just give you a to go. They fill up your to go cup. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, that would be amazing. All right. Scandinavia. We're taking some more of your Christmas I, I traditions. Lo- well, I don't think I knew like up until today. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will give my, I will formally apologize to my sister-in-law. <laughs> she, always, she always talks about how good the Christmas markets in Germany are right. and how like important Christmas is there. And, you know, like I've kind of just been like, yeah, okay. But then I was like, oh yeah, like Christmas is actually from Germany. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I. A lot of our traditions I, are from Germany. 
like they they were invented there like they were like all everything that's like everything that like all our christmas markets like that started in germany all the ideas of who santa and saint nicholas are that's all german and then it filtered through europe yeah and then obviously into the uk and everything like that and everybody that came over here and now we continue to celebrate that well i have a couple our- little i was gonna save it for the end but while we're talking about it yeah um so yeah, I didn't realize how late the Christmas tree became part of because that's the big thing. It's the Christmas tree came from Germany. That was a big thing there, right? Um, and now that's a huge part of our huge um, part tradition. So um, generally, people people have always decorated their homes generally with evergreen for centuries. But okay. this whole new Christmas tree thing was this actually associated more with like a, as a pagan symbol. So like even in America, as late as the 1840s, people associated Christmas trees with paganism. But interesting, yeah. So the um, Prince Albert of married to Queen Vic the. The, the nice queen lady. Okay. Um, Victoria. <laughs> you know I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria. Yeah. Anyways, uh, he was born in Germany. And so he actually sent decorated trees to schools and army barracks around the Windsor area where they live. And then what the real sort of uh, turning point in popularity is when they put out an engraving of Queen Victoria and him and the children all decorating a tree. And so I think it was like almost literally the next year, everybody was like Christmas tree in the UK. So, but actually they had had a Christmas tree there before. So during King George III, who also from Hamilton fame. <laughs> he was insane. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, during the 1790s, uh, his wife was German. And so she actually, he like, that whole side, they're all German. Um, but anyway, she actually would bring a Christmas tree and decorate that in the house of the house in the palace. Okay. Let's be honest. So yeah, that's that kind of happened around then. And then I guess Americans didn't bring Christmas trees into their houses until after the Civil War, because before <laughs> that, back to Christianity, the day was treated with solemnity, which you know means seriousness. Okay. Because remember, we all have to remember that America started being super uh, conservative religious. Right. And now it's definitely not that anymore. Uh, (laughs) At least only (laughs) half. But yeah, Yeah. then then later it was always associated that if you were going to have a Christmas tree, you would it would only be if the kid you had kids. Like it was a kid thing. Right. To have a Christmas tree. It wasn't like it. Yeah. Now it's like an adult thing and the kids oh, yeah. aren't allowed to touch it. Yeah. That and as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. So yeah, Christmas tree. Weird history. Interesting history. Well, that is a great segue into the new story, Carla. Ooh. Does it involve a fire? It involves a Christmas tree. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. But you know, you know what? I didn't follow my typical uh they burned it. <laughs> I used yeah, I was thinking about Christmas tree burned down. Okay. No, this is Ooh. about the Christmas tree uh, that they uh, put up in Rockefeller Center cool. uh, in New York every year. Oh. Uh, and this year, they had a little visitor 
um, there was an owl living in the tree. <gasps> oh, I think I have pictures of this little guy. Oh, and he is a pretty, he is a cutie patootie. And so this was from uh, CBC Radio. A tiny owl found unharmed in Rockefeller tree. It's a Christmas miracle, says rehabilitator. Um, and this is just a little trans uh, transcript of the um, the story done on CBC Radio. Yeah. And it reads as such. The story of Rockefeller, the owl. Oh, they're calling him Rockefeller, the owl. Aww. That's so fucking cute. The story of Rockefeller, the owl, is one of hopes as a woman now uh, tending to the tiny creature that was hitched a ride to New York City inside a 23-meter tall spruce tree. Oh, a worker... Goodness discovered the bird while preparing to erect the tree outside 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City on Monday. When he refused to fly away, his wife contacted the Ravensbird uh, Wild Center in Serengeti's New York. Is that is that how you say Syrac- it? Syracuse? It's not Syracuse. It's oh. S-A-U-G-E-R-T-I-E-S. Oh. I, I bet you it's a name know. that we know how to say. <laughs> and it, yeah, like, well, that's a, the thing with, like, New York. There's so many places that you hear of, and then you're like, where is that? You're like, is that how you spell it? <laughs> so, any- <laughs> so anyways, they contacted the uh, Ravensburg Wildlife Center. We thought he was going to be damaged when we got him, uh, and by sheer Christmas miracle, nothing was broken, the Ravensbread, uh, Ravensbeard director, Ellen Kish, told the host of As It Happens, uh, her name was Carol. Uh, Rockefeller is doing really well, and we couldn't be more pleased with his progress. He's eating, he's drinking, and he's taking a little bath all by himself. Aww. He's just enjoying all the food and, you know, is on deck for release. Uh, uh, Kellish said she has no idea exactly how Rockefeller ended up in this tree. She says it could have been hanging out in its branches and then got uh, uh, concussed when it was... Yeah, so when it had fallen, or it could have crawled into the tree, like so when they chop the tree down, yeah, and the tree oh, falls, right? Yeah. So like that really should have killed that bird if he didn't fly it. Like normally, if they would have chopped it down, he should have flown out, but he yeah. stayed in there. Or maybe he got in after. Well, they're saying they're saying he just lived in there. Oh. Yeah. They said I'm sure it was quite a shock, but we. Uh, We'll or maybe never he just really whole... wanted to go to Rockefeller Center and see the Christmas tree, and he was like, ah, maybe, ah, I'm going to hitch a ride. This guy was a fucking dreamer. Yeah. This guy's like the tap dancer in, uh, <laughs> in uh, the owl circuit, and he was like, I'm going to I'm going to New York City, baby. And yeah. all his owl friends were like, you're going to die. And he was like, watch me. <laughs> and now he's <laughs> all over the news. Aww. Yeah, so... So anyway, so he's he's doing well, and they're surprised he even made it through, and said like you know most owls would they're so like they wouldn't know to fly out if that tree right. was being cut down, and he was just like fuck it, I'm hitching a ride, no, baby. He's gotta, get, he's gotta do that tap dancing on the and uh, yeah, they were all very the massive. It was a massive Norway spruce. That's the kind of tree they cut down. Yeah, where did and, it come uh, from? Oh, it didn't come. Yeah, okay, so from the place. It's not coming yeah, from Norway. <laughs> From Onita, from Onita, O N one O. It's basically O N E O N T A. Onita, maybe. Yeah. So, anyways, um, that's cute. Little Rockefeller the owl. Little Rockefeller the owl. Yeah. So he uh he made it okay, and and it was kind of like they're they're saying it's a story of hope and a time of need. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I thought it was a nice little story to share. Yeah. I hope someone makes a little Christmas film out of it. <laughs> Me too, Brock. They could make a little <laughs> children's film for sure. Yeah. Oh, that when would be got great. To the big city. Well, on to our uh, drink we've chosen this week, yes. which is the uh, peppermint schnapps and hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of just a traditional drink. Like, I don't think it has a ton of history to it, really. Right. Um, it's somebody just put peppermint schnapps and hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to the trouble, Carla, of mm-hmm. actually making proper hot chocolate. Oh. And oh, like uh, not just a powder, as I just. <laughs> no, no, I bought chocolate and I shaved it all, and then oh I melted. I- I put it in a double boiler. So when you melt chocolate, you never just put it in the pan and put it on the stove. Right. You've got to double boil it. So you put it in, you boil a thing on water, then you put a uh, little mixing bowl over top of that, and then you let that heat from the steam milk chocolate. And then you Ooh. heat the milk in a saucepan. And so I heated the milk in the saucepan, and then I whisked in the uh, milk chocolate. And then I just took like I I just bought dairy milk bars, yeah, because that's kind of I when I think milk chocolate I'm usually like mm, like a dairy milk or something or like yeah. a Jersey milk or you know like I don't want anything too crazy, right? And I don't super love dark chocolate, so right. this was kind of more my thought. Um, so I just melted those, put it in the old milkarama, and then uh, I uh put a little villain vanilla extract in there, about a tablespoon of sugar. Yeah. Mixed it all up, heated it all up, and then added, you guessed it, peppermint schnapps. Nice. So it was uh, pretty tasty. I actually, I got to tell you this. So, like, I made it, took one sip, yeah. and then I put whipped cream, whipped cream on top and then chocolate shavings on top, too. Yeah. And then I took one sip and was like, oh, have I never, why have I never had this before? Yeah, that sounds amazing. I didn't, you know what? I didn't even think that hot chocolate was made. Really? I just thought it came from a powder. I don't, yeah, I never, I guess, really thought about it. But I've got some good, like, dark chocolate, like, caramel salted stuff I could melt down and put in hot chocolate. I'm going to do that. That's going to be fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was literally, like, honestly, that sound like, it sound, I made it sound like a ton of work, but it mm. took me 10 minutes. Yeah. You're just oh, heating good. up milk and mel- melting chocolate. Yeah. So it wasn't like crazy hard, you know, process and stuff like that. And so I looked up a lot of different recipes um, on how to make the hot chocolate. That seemed like the easiest one. Yeah. And then I also looked up, uh, you know, what starts coming up. People start getting really fancy and they're Mm. like, put a candy cane in it. Put. Oh, yes. I've seen that. Also add Bailey's. Do you know? (laughs) Like there was so much shit in there that I was like, oh, my God, this all looks so good. Yeah. Um. This was rich as it was, so I don't know if I'd want to put Bailey's in there. I think it would be a little over. And this was actually a suggestion from my massage therapist, uh, Walter. So if Walter, if you're listening, this is your shout out. He, I asked him what we should pair. What was the next Chris good Christmas drink? And he said peppermint uh, schnapps and hot chocolate. Yeah. And then I mentioned it to my mom, and she. And I said, she said, oh, yeah, I think that's what the ladies used to drink at your girls' hockey games. <laughs> yes. And I was, she was like, I never really drank it because I just, she, she was not really a sweet tooth. Right. But she said at Christmas, all the hockey moms would uh, be boozing it up. Like they'd order, 
they'd always go to the like i don't know like if you've been in a hockey arena like like uh just like a local hockey arena yeah yeah there's always like a confection area and you can just there's always hot chocolate in there so when you're a kid everyone's like you want a hot chocolate little did i know the moms were bringing a (laughs) bottle of schnapps (laughs) and getting lit yeah the dads were out there coaching and you know yelling (laughs) at the kid being like come on pass the puck and the moms were like just getting shittered in the audience apparently sounds lovely very nice hot chocolate recipe i'm going to try that out yeah it was really good and it was honestly like it might be my new christmas tradition yeah like well, i can't my sister kind of the fun part like i like doing mulled wine and part of the fun part of mulled wine is like cooking it well cooking it. yeah uh well, you know heating it up and throwing weird spices in it but this is kind of the same thing it's the experience is the experience well and this is a funny little insider uh info mm-hmm. uh we just we normally record this at about eight o'clock at night we've <laughs> recorded it at um 351 <laughs> so now i'm just like waiting for my sister to get home so i can be like i made you one <laughs> God, <laughs> now i'm like excited to like uh share the recipe and maybe uh, continue yeah. drinking it throughout the evening <laughs> okay. so, um yeah Cool. Okay, so I have a couple of little interesting facts. Okay. Uh, I didn't really think about this, but the peppermint schnapps and creme de menthe. Yeah. Very similar in taste, which I never really associated that with. But yeah, peppermint is a mint liqueur. And creme de menthe is obviously a mint liqueur. Um, So if you're wondering, if you're sitting at home thinking, well, I have this bottle of creme de menthe from 1943. Uh, what is it going to work in my hot chocolate? Yes, it might, but the schnapps <laughs> is less sweet. Oh, yeah, has yeah, more creme intense creme creme de mints, like almost like a creamy greeny color, isn't it? It is, yeah, but it actually is not a cream, which I found out. Oh. Creme means something else, okay. which is weird. Okay, uh, but yeah, it does have that green color. So then, if you wanted your hot chocolate to have a little more interesting color. You could do that. Um, but the schnapps actually has more of an intense mint flavor. And very importantly, it's got more alcohol in it. <laughs> so well, that is wicked. If you're, whatever you've got in the back of your bar, pick that one. But if you have both, I don't know. Maybe peppermint schnapps is the better option. Yeah. Oh, it's, I have no uh, idea what you put creme de menthe in. Well, you can put creme de menthe in like an after eight shot right that's like a you know it's it's almost like a shot thing like i or like a martini you know like a like a real like kind of designer martini you can make a you can make a real nice martini with creme de mint on it yeah yeah interesting um yeah uh going back to christmas trees because i for some reason just did research on christmas trees just a lot of research on christmas trees um every year halifax nova scotia sends Mm. austin a christmas tree Really? Yeah, as a thank you, because they helped out during the 1917 uh, Halifax explosion, which was this huge, uh, these two boats ran into each other. It's the largest artificial non-nuclear explosion to happen. Um, It killed 2,000 people in in Halifax. And so Boston, which I guess is kind of close to Nova Scotia via water, uh, Mm -hmm. they sent... Uh, aid right away and so yeah so they do this tradition every year and this year um they are dedicating it to the frontline workers 
not just from the Halifax that helped with the Halifax explosion aid, but the ones that are helping with COVID-19. Oh, isn't that a nice thing? Yeah. See Canadians and Americans? We can get along. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Are those your facts, Carla? That's my facts. Well, you guys, it's been another beautiful week here in... uh, (laughs) crazy 2020 land (laughs) drawing to a close Uh and uh as this week you've noticed uh we are uh in a month of christmas episodes yeah so uh we do this every thursday join us again next week yeah so listen tune in every week please like subscribe download share call everybody you know and tell us about that and please send Uh, us your pictures of your Christmas decorations, especially if you yeah, send us your pictures of your Christmas tree on D- either DM it to the inter- Instagram account, and we'll mm-hmm. post them on our stories. Uh, that is at Life Pairings Podcast on uh, Instagram, or you can email us them at Life Pairings Podcast uh, dot wait Life Pairings Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, and we'd love we'd love to see all those sorts of things. Yeah, and send us. Or send us your suggestions. If you have a life pairing and you are interested in uh, hearing about the event, uh, let us know. Give us some suggestions. And, Carla, mm-hmm. as always, uh, look up our Patreon. Check out the extra bonus features you could get into. Mm-hmm. Bonus episodes, <laughs> uh, little mini episodes where Brittany and I divulge our most intimate details, such as our favorite drink. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and what our first car was. Yeah, or I know we do special, we do special image uh, episodes, live episodes, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, more to come. Um, and you can look us up uh, on uh, Patreon. You can just search for Life Pairings Podcast or Patreon uh, slash Life Pairings Podcast. Uh, we also have a link on our website, which is www.lifeparingspodcast.com. Up in the right-hand corner, you can click on it. It'll take you to our Patreon. And uh, we we love all the support we can get uh, in these times. This is what we are doing for a living. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your support, and uh, we continue to uh, be appreciative of your uh, listenership. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, guys.